Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, my man, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, at Big Meach 41, and soon to be on TikTok. That's right. Now, this is the special edition of the podcast, my interview series with a very special guest. Bearcat fans, I'm excited to welcome in this next guest who played for the Bearcats from 1984 to 1988. He was recruited by the late, great Tony Yates, and I believe he's still the shortest player to ever put on a Bearcat uniform. But regardless of his height, this guy was a giant on and off the court. Now, when I did my interview with Roger McClendon, you know, he was one of the guys that recommended I speak with him because he has a tremendous story. Many Bearcat fans might not recognize his name, but I feel it's important that we tell his story. I'd like to welcome in my guy, number 10, Romel Shorter. What up, bro? Hey, what's going on, Big Meat? Man, I am making it. Let me, let me ask you this question real quick. Shoot. See if you remember this. Do you remember way back, you used to work at the Tony Yates basketball camp. And I was one of the campers, and you were my camp coach. <laughs> yes, I do. Hey, and I'm telling you, you and I'm not, and I'm not making this up. I've said this before to Roger McClendon, and 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 I told uh, Lou Banks this. You were by far the most favorite coach of all the campers. It wasn't even close. You were everybody's right. favorite. Hey, I'm going to tell you, though, you know what happened? Your dad came up to me and say, check out my little son right there, my man right there. <laughs> and I look, I see you out there handling that pill. I said, oh, yeah, I got me one. <laughs> oh, those are some good days. And we, we actually ran into each other back in 2014 in Cincinnati. We were at an AU tournament. I don't even know if you remember that. Uh, so you know what? It's a big old picture. Uh, a guy from my job pulled it up and uh, sent it to my phone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah me, right. you took. Yeah, we took a picture. That's right. We did take yeah. a picture. That was at Kingdom Sports. Yep, I remember that man. Yep. And, I, and I saw you, and uh, I was like, oh man, they're definitely one of my one of my favorite guys. And you know, I thought it was important to tell not only your story, but what we're doing with this podcast, Row is. We're telling stories of Bearcat players from all different types of generations, and and I, and I think it's important to tell yours for a lot of different reasons, and I'll, I'll get into that shortly. But I, I want you to tell Bearcat fans what you're doing right now. Well, right now I work for uh, the city of Chicago, and I work for the Department of Transportation, and uh, I work in a field of, of the labor. I'm a, a cement mixer. And I do a lot of things. We 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 do like a lot of street surfacing mm-hmm. and, and, and sidewalks. But right now, I'm lucky now because I got a blessing, and they made me the mailman over the whole city. So I, mm. I'm on the e I'm on the easy route. 
<laughs> it's, 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 it gets hard, though. It gets hard, but it's it's pretty cool, though. It's pretty cool. I, I, I really enjoy it. I didn't want it at first because I really enjoyed what I was doing at first. Mm-hmm. But then the older guy told me, he said, "Hey, bro, you getting on the you you on you getting old, man. You ain't no young buck no more. You better take what they give you now and take this job because he retired. Mm-hmm. So he recommended me that I take this job, and it was the best thing ever right now. Hey, bro, you gotta listen to the OGs, man. Oh, I ain't no doubt about it. No doubt no. about that. Now let's talk a little bit about Chicago right now. I know you and I spoke the other day to kind of set up this interview and." You had to rush, and, and you were looking to have to go downtown and block off some streets because of looting and things going on. Talk a little bit about the climate in Chicago right now. Well, it's you know, when when the thing about the young man being uh, choked out uh, a couple of months ago, it sent a wave all over all over the world. Mm-hmm. And and but with Chicago, it was kind of different. Because it's a look. Sometimes some things be going on, and the people they right now is at a a time where they like, hey, look, we gonna march, we gonna loop, we gonna do this, we gonna do. Which is you can give it both. Where we know what you marching for when you marching, but mm-hmm. when you're looting. That's a whole nother different side of the story. That's 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 no no. That's a no no. Right, right. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. Tough times, and we're and we're going to talk a little bit about more uh, more about Chicago. We're going to talk about your upbringing and all that. But I, I do want to hit a couple Bearcat nuggets before we get into you know growing up in Chicago. A couple questions. Tell the Bearcat fans how tall you are, how tall you were when you played for the Bearcats. Well, it was. It was well, when I was recruited, <laughs> Coach Cox, Coach Cox was—he was always a, a different kind of cop, a, a different, different kind of coach. You talking about Sonny and Cox, I, your high school I'm coach, talking right? about yes, yeah, Sonny Cox. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he told me, he said, "Look, any coach walk up to you and they say, ask you how tall you are, you, you let them know right in the door you five seven. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was telling everybody because that's what he told me to tell them. Uh-huh. So what happened with Coach Yates, Coach Yates came to see me play. He was at the time, he was at the University of Illinois. And mm-hmm. he was yep. coming, he was coming to get a, two guys that uh, one player was Ephraim Winners and the other player was Reggie Woodward. Mm-hmm. And I was out there playing. I was on varsity. I was just a sophomore. And he told me, he said, you know, if I get a head coach's job, I'm going to come get you. Mm. He told me that back then. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, okay, well, I just kept playing. Uh-huh. But later on, he stuck true to his word, and he uh, he came and got me. Absolutely. He came and got me. So you, you told Coach H you're 5'7"? Yeah, but what happened it was the day we was taking a physical, and uh, we was getting measured. Uh-oh. And, they, and uh, <laughs> Coach uh, Coach Turner and uh, Coach Pittman, they pushed me up there, and they, they measured me. And Coach Turner asked me, he said, how tall are you, man? How tall they say you are? I said, well, Coach Cox told me to tell everybody I'm 5'7". He looked at me again, he put me back on the wall, and he pulled me off the wall, 
Yeah, him and Coach Yates, they went over there and started talking. And then he came back and he said, but as long as you're here at the University of Cincinnati, you'll never get measured again. <laughs> and I said, mm. So I took an insult to it. I said, what y'all trying to say? I ain't 5'7"? And then Coach, uh, Coach uh, Turner said, you ain't even close. <laughs> So I, so I was like five, I was like five two and a half or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Man, that's crazy. Now, but okay, I, never, I, I uh-huh. but I never played point guard a day in my life in high school. Uh, so you were you were two guard, and we're going to get into that in a minute. But you were two yeah. guard in high school. Yep. yep. And, and, and we're gonna we're gonna get into that because I, I want to talk about that dynamic because you had to make that shift to play more point mm-hmm. guard for the Bearcats under Coach Yates, which you didn't play in high school, correct? Right, right, and with, absolutely. And, and I'm going to talk about that here in a, in a second, but you, I ask all the Bearcat uh, former players that come on the show why they chose the number to wear that they chose. You wore number 10 for the Bearcats. Was there any reason for that? I was always – it was a guy. First of all, it was a guy in my high school. His name was Willie Scott. He was a mm-hmm. uh, he was a, he was a legend. He grew up right down the street from me, and he was a tough guy. And I used to love to see him, him play that play that, and then he wore that number ten. And then mm-hmm. I used to like I worked out a couple of times with uh, Maurice Cheeks mm-hmm. for the Seventy oh, Sixers. Yeah, so. I was just fascinated by his, his game, so I said, when I get a chance to wear number 10, I'm going to hold on to that number 10. I'm going to get yeah. that number 10. So that number 10, it rolled with me for a while. Rolled that's, with me for a while. And that's always it's always fascinating to hear why a player chose the number that, that they chose. And, and most of the time, well, they were influenced by another mm-hmm. player to wear that oh, yeah. number. So let me ask you this. Um, recently... Um, you see um, the Bearcats have been posting these uh, watch parties where they're posting old games on YouTube and Facebook and all that stuff. Did you happen to check out when they um, played the game uh, of you guys versus Louisville and you started that game and Roger went off? Did you watch that? I watched it because Roger White sued. And uh, Roger, they told me to check it out. And I watched that game. And I uh, Raj put the he put the he. Ooh. <laughs> I didn't know I. You know what? I, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I didn't even know I was starting the game. I didn't know I was starting that game. I, I had no idea. And but Raj, ooh, he shot the lights out there, man. But well, you know, Raj was a different kind of ball player. I oh, mean, sure. if if you can get him going, he was already ready to go. Yep. But. It it was like if you can find Raj early in the game and and and, and get his shots right for him, oh, you he's gonna give you some good numbers, great numbers, no, no question. So so watching, and I know for me, well, I, I recently about gosh about four years ago, um, my grade school coach retired from teaching, and he found some old tapes of me when I played for him, and I had never seen footage of me playing back then and he gave me the videos and I watched them for the first time ever and man I, I was watching it and I'm like oh my god I was cringing I was like why did I do this why did I? when you watched that game of you versus Louisville what was your impression of watching you play you know hey I was 
I felt like I could have played a little better, but I was always, I had to play a certain way because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes Coach Cox, I mean, Coach uh, Yates, he was a guy, he didn't want me to get too far to control. And I wasn't <laughs> right. getting out of control. I wasn't getting out of control. It was just my play. I was right. never a fancy guy. I was always a guy that gonna push the rock and get the job done. If it calls for me to do something fancy, then that's what it was. Right. But I, that was never my intention. So mm-hmm. I had to always watch certain things. And sometimes, you know, as a player, you can you can distract that player if you don't let that player play. You know, mm-hmm. you you can play for the coach, but you have to also play for yourself a lot of times. Because right. when you out there playing, sometimes a coach can make tell you what move to make and what not to make. You got to just do it on instinct. And I was an instinct ball player. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but Ro, I think you get a lot of that from um, your time growing up in Chicago, playing street ball and um, playing that type of pace of of hoop back then. Would that be correct? Oh, ain't no doubt about it. No doubt yep. about it. Because when you playing on the playgrounds or you playing in the tournament or you playing in just just playing in general. You mm-hmm. just got to get out there and you got to play because if you don't, you gonna get ate up. You gonna get you gonna get you gonna get annihilated. You gonna be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, because if you run across a guy like Tim Hardaway, he gonna he gonna put something on your man right away. Now, if you can't come back and put nothing back on his man, then you you might as well be sitting on that bench. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so you grew up in Chicago. Um, what what part of Chicago did you grow up in? I grew up on the South Side. South Side of Chicago. South Side. What was it like? What was the South Side like back then when you were growing up? Well, you know, the South Side, it was a place where you grew up and you you watched older guys as you, you grew up. And, you know, you had all type of different kind of guys. You had mm-hmm. the tough guys. You had the other guys. And it was just where you learned how to fit in. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was pretty rough. It was pretty rough, man. Don't get me wrong. It was, but we had guys that was actually would look out and made sure you don't, you know, get too far caught up in, in no 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 funny activities. You know, you had right. those type of guys too. You know, they right. steer you, help steer you the right way. But it was just so big. The South Side is a huge area, huge mm-hmm. area. So you know, it, it's rangy. You can get you can get yourself caught up there. Oh, for sure. And and back then, and I'm not sure the the climate now compared to back then, but the, the gangs with the vice lords, the gangster disciples, black disciples. What was it? Black P stones, Latin kings. Am I, am I right? That's, those were a lot of the gangs yeah, back then, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They still exist. They still exist today. Yeah. yeah. How do you how do you navigate through? I mean, you grew up in the south side of Chicago, which is one of the rougher areas in the in the country. You, you've got all those gangs that I just mentioned. Um, you know, I, I'm sure you know hoop was you know kind of like your your escape from a lot of things. But um, you know, h- how did you deal with that? Was was hoop your your outlet to to stay away from that and and having like mentors and people keep you away from from street activity? Yeah, you you had to you you. You had your mentors, you had your mentors, and you had, uh, well, Coach Cox, for one, he he made sure that your, your whole schedule 
when you when I played for him was mostly twenty four hours or twelve hours a day. You you was kinda locked in with him. Uh-huh. You you know, you get to school at eight and you might not leave school till six or seven. Uh-huh. So but it was actually an after school program that I left when I played ball there. You ever heard of a guy by the name of Arnie Duncan? Arnie Duncan? Yeah. No. Arnie, Arnie Duncan. Duncan was the Secretary of State. I mean, Secretary of United States of America was president. Okay. I'm Arnie, not familiar. Arnie Duncan. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, with President Obama. Okay. His his mama had a program, and uh. Not the secretary. He wasn't secretary. I'm sorry. He was the uh, he was in charge of the school system. Okay. Arnie Duncan, and his mom had a program. His mom had a program, and so we left playing at King High School. We went right into there and played. And I tell you, there were some guys in there that that uh, we had some battles in there. Mm. We had a guy by the name of uh, Michael Clark Duncan. You know Michael Clark Duncan? Oh, eight mile. Course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he passed away. Yeah, yeah, he grew up with us. And then Arnie Duncan, he actually played for. Uh, he started for uh, Harvard. Okay. He started okay. for Harvard, and he and um, he ended up playing for uh, being like, man, got to get cut from Boston. So mm-hmm. he and went overseas and played. When you get a chance, look him up. He's a he's a real serious guy. I, I think and, I, um, I kind of remember. I, I think I kind of know who you're talking about. I don't have my uh um internet available to look it up, but but kinda taller white guy? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. About about six four, six five guard. Okay. I think I re- yeah. I think I remember. Yeah, yeah. Now that you when you mentioned yeah, yeah. I got you. And and so then we had we already we had guys that was that was playing, you know, um uh, in the summertime you had guys by the name of Ronnie Lester, you know, uh you had guys by the name of uh Isaiah came through there a couple of times and played. Came through there and played. I mean, you said so you know, Isaiah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Isaiah Thomas. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, we was always serious about our ball, you know. So you you played ball twenty four twenty four, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was so much good ball, and so it kind of kept you away from the other activities that was going on. And you still had them, but they was right there in front of you. But you know, you just. Kept kept busy. That's what that's what the word kept busy. Wait, let me like, let me say this real quick. So um, when I think of when I think of basketball and, and street ball specifically, obviously people mention New York City. Like that's one of the first areas they mention. But when you really look at the history of, of Chicago basketball and its history, man, it, it is it is insane how many. Great ball players have come out of Chicago, the, the street ball legends. And you, you played and you probably know a lot of them. You mentioned Michael Clark Duncan, Isaiah Thomas. You mentioned earlier Tim Hardaway. I would assume you probably played with uh, R. Kelly. Would that be? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I played, I played with him. He was, just, he, was just, he was just one of the guys. He was just one of the guys. You come out there and play, and then like, once you get through playing, you, you – you, you know, anyway, but there was a couple of guys. Uh, it's a guy by the name of Brian Leach mm-hmm. that was incredible. He was 
he was incredible. I mean, he's five seven, about one forty, about one forty. Mm-hmm. And when when I tell you, I watched him get Michael Jordan fifty points. What? And, and come back and get Tim Holloway the next night sixty. Hmm. Yeah, he was a different kind of. He was a different. They used to call him a roll runner. He was a different kind of ball player. Mm. And what happened to him? Well, he passed. He passed. He passed. He uh had caught. Had got. He's he's my age. He's my age. Mm-hmm. And uh, serious, serious. Mm. Rod know him. Rod know him. I mean, he can score. He can. I think I never seen nobody score like him in my life. Hmm. Never. Yeah, he was different. He was different. Uh, he was in the book. They called him the, uh, the king of uh, the king of the courts. They had a special on him a couple of times. Uh, what's his name? Scoop. Oh yeah, Scoop, the, uh, the, guy, yeah. the guy that does the documentaries and stuff. And... Mm-hmm. Scoop mm-hmm. wrote a big article on him because mm-hmm. he was different. He was different. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, and I always tell people like, and I'm closer to Chicago, being in Cincinnati, than than New York. So I'm I'm very familiar with you know Chicago ball players and in the history there, man. And just so much, so much great his, history between um, Simeon and, and and MLK, Martin Luther King, where you went to high school, which which I do want to dive into um, here in a second. But so much great basketball in that area, and you played uh, for the late great. Uh, Sonny Cox, who I think did did Sonny die right around the time that Coach Yates died? Yeah, was it pretty yeah, close? yeah. It I was thought... very close. It was very close, very close. I'm talking about what within uh, two weeks span. I think it was something like that. Wow, it was. I, I, it was re- I thought it was close. Yeah, because I remember yeah. both of them passing away. But here's something I don't even know if you know this, but. Um, you know, my, my father, who, you know, um, is a big, uh, fan of, uh, jazz music and, uh, coach Sonny Cox, your high school coach was a, was a jazz musician. He was a saxophonist. Did you know he got his start, Sonny Cox, as a jazz musician with a Cincinnati based group? Did you know that? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, rock, that, the rocks. Hey, when I got older, you know, you, you really get a chance to, you know, all the times he was on my back and all the times he was upside my head. Cause, you know, when I when I used to get in trouble down there, I look up in the stands, I could be at a game. And I look up at the stands, and he he's sitting at the stands telling me, after you get through with this game, I'm going to beat your butt. <laughs> and I'll be looking like, how, was, how did he get that? And Coach, Coach Yates would look over and say, yeah, you see, Coach Cox over there. I told him you was acting up down here. He had to get you. Mm-hmm. Well, I I had to take it. I just mm-hmm. had to take whatever he was gonna give me, you know, because right. he came a couple of miles to give it to me. So I just had to take it. But <laughs> I already knew about his jazz musician. I, you know, my father was a big a big guy who, who was into blues and played blues. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always I always love music. Yeah, I used to, I used to go to Coach Cox's house and sit down and listen to his jazz. Really? Mm-hmm. Man. Oh yeah. Let, let's let's talk a little bit about your high school career. So you said earlier that as a sophomore you were playing varsity. Um, what what were your just talk about your high school career? What type of player you were? I know you said that you you played um, two guard. Um, you were a scorer, bro. 
right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I used to think that I could put the ball in a whole little bit, but I absolutely. Coach Cox, when it all started, I was uh, he came to King at the end of my freshman year, mm-hmm. so he was at a, he was a he was at a school called Robeson, and they had mm-hmm. a real good team, real real good team. Mm-hmm. So when he came over, he looked at me and said, I looked at him and I said, I didn't know he was going to take the, the, the coaching job. So I said, man, Coach Cox is over here. I said, hey, how you doing, Coach Cox? So he said, hey, how you doing, son? And I said, I'm fine. And he walked past me. And then he came back. He said, Romeo? I said, yeah, Coach, how you doing? He said, come here, boy. I walked up to him. He said, man, you is short. <laughs> and I say, okay. I just smiled at him. He said, well, I'm going to be the coach over here. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, for real? He said, yeah, I'm going to be the coach. He said, you know what? You're on varsity. You're going to be on varsity. Wait a minute, what year was this? That was my end of my freshman year. So that had to be about 80, that was 80 or 81, because that's okay. when Coach Cox came. And he, but all the guys on my, all the guys on my, on my sophomore team, he watched them. Mm. He cut the whole team. Mm. And then, you know, he, he told them guys, y'all got to try out. I never had to try out. Well, so what, what was it about you and your game? that he saw on you? Well, I think, you know, my game was, I think it was more my toughness and my, I can score the ball, but I took pride in my defense. Mm-hmm. Because that, I was always told, Ro, by my brother. My brother, he always told me, hey, Ro, you a penny a dozen. So if you're not going to get out there and play no D, and harass somebody, mm-hmm. ain't no room for you out there. Mm-hmm. So I took that more than, than I took that to heart more than anything. Mm-hmm. Plan D, I didn't care who you was and what you, who you, I'm running up on you and I'm my, I'm going to try my best to guard you to the best of my ability. I'm going to go above that. Right. So that's, I, 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 I think it was my defense. Gotcha. In in high school basketball during during that period in, in, in Chicago was so big, uh, and and some of the teams that you played against. I know there was a lot of great players, but um, for the Bearcat fans out there listening, who were some of the players, some of the great players you played either with or against in high school? Well, you had your you had your Tim Bankston's. Mm-hmm. Which which was the first big guard that I ever ran across that can do everything. He ended up going to uh, Laola. First he went to Bradley, then he ended up going to Laola. Okay. He had guys like uh, Ben Wilson. Oh yeah, that, yeah. That, 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 yeah. Which was yeah. which was on Tim Bankston's team, and uh, they ended up winning state. You had a guy to play with me, live next door to me, that was unbelievable, Joe Stephan. Oh yeah. And you're, you're, oh, he yeah, was, your teammate. He was un- unbelievable. 
I ran across Roger McClendon and Calvin Pfeiffer in 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 basketball camps down in yeah. Illinois. <laughs> now, is the story true that you and Roger almost got in a fight down well, at the camp? <laughs> I heard you try to put a hit out on Rod. Was the was the rumor on the streets? Uh, well, you know what, Roger's down there doing. Roger's down there doing. Uh, he was down there doing people any kind of way he wanted. And Rod had a a, a friend of his was kind of roughing me up. So we, I told my guys, well, they actually they didn't try to rough me up. They did rough me up. Mm-hmm. And my guys, I'm like, All right, hey, well, we got to get them. So <laughs> I was like, well. We just balling, man. Don't worry about it, boy. My guys, I'm like, man, you can't even play, man. Your ankles wrong. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm all right, I'm all right. But what happened? In the process, the guys talking about getting Roger McClendon and all the guys. Roger McClendon came up to the room, and when he come up to the room, everybody looking at him, like, what you doing here? Mm-hmm. And he come up and say. Hey, Ro, man, great game, man. Great, great game, Leroy. He said, yeah, how you feel? You all right? And I'm looking up at him like, man, what is he doing right here? Mm-hmm. He said, well, I'm just coming to check on you, man. If you need something, I'll be back. Okay, you all right? And I say, yeah, I'm all right. So I told my guys, no. I looked at them myself. Leave, my, leave him alone. <laughs> but because you know he he he, he, he I don't know how he, he walked up there among them guys. We had some rough guys, some yeah. super rough guys. Right. Rod walked right up between all of them and spoke to all of them and came right in there and spoke to me and mm-hmm. made sure I was right. And after that, we never looked back. I think we was fifteen, sixteen, something like that. Fifteen to sixteen. Oh wow, that far back, huh? Oh yeah, and then every t- every camp, every time he was at Yoba, I was down there. And then we came to Cincinnati to the basketball camp two years ago. Oh, it was it was over then. It was over. Mm. Mm. Raj, man, yeah, I mean, you just named. I mean, some of your teammates, uh, Raj, Joe Stiffen, Calvin Pfeiffer. I mean, a lot of these guys out of Chicago. Ben Wilson, um, Laverde played- Robinson was oh. on my team. Yeah, yeah. Tate, Andre Tate, yeah, Chicago. Tate, Andre, Andre Tate. I mean, it's it, you can go on and on and on. Uh, Nick Anderson. Well, my my son, Nick Anderson's son, and my daughter are married now. Really? Yeah, they got two kids. Yeah, but he was just. I was just talking to him about. Uh, he was just upset because he's trying to get get himself going in the coaching ranks and. He was upset because he don't know which way the uh, basketball program going, you know, how they're going to mm-hmm. pan out. And he does a great job with the kids, working them out. Really? Is he in Chicago? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He's, he's mm-hmm. back there? Okay. Yep. Wow. That's that's crazy. So much. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the talent and the players out of Chicago, I always tell people, man, I don't think Chicago – New York gets a lot of – the attention, but I, I think Chicago is, is right up there with them. So, um, playing high school basketball, obviously, we talked about the talent you played against. You guys had a very, very good team as well. Let's talk a little bit about your recruiting process. Who were some of the schools that recruited you? I, I know you said that 
you know, Coach Yates came when you were a sophomore, and he said, if I get a head coaching job, I'm, I'm going to take you. But who were some of the schools recruiting you, and then why did you decide to go to UC? Well, one of the reasons why I decided to go to UC because uh, we had a thing with Coach Cox that, you know, Coach Cox had a a line, and he's in, 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 in a word, and this is how he put it. He said, "Well, it's a lot of times you you want to go to a, players. You know, they think that going to this school is better than this school." Well, he used to always say, "Let me handle the recruit," mm-hmm. because a lot of times players go to school and they go because they want to go. But you really and truly got to go where they want you. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the bottom line because you can go to a school that you want to go to just because they say you can come here and you'll be sitting all your life. You'll never, never enjoy it. Right. For sure. For and, sure. And Coach Cox told my mom, well, I was on my way to visit the University of California. Mm. And, um, and University of Santa Barbara, I was I was mostly pointed toward the the West Coast because they had a style of ball that I was I was liking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and Iowa State had you know uh, came in and had talked to Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And Coach Cox said, "Hey, look, you going down here to Cincinnati, and you gonna have a great time, and you." That's who wants you to come down there. So that's mm-hmm. where you're going to go. And Raj, Raj, I was impressed with Raj going there too. Mm-hmm. You know, because on the visit, it was me, Raj, and uh, Laurent Crawford. You okay. remember Laurent? I don't. Laurent came to Cincinnati with me from King. The big, He was 6'9". 16. Okay. He was 16. And uh didn't work for him, but... I wish he would have worked for him because he was actually a real good ball player. He was. It was me, him, and uh, Roger McClendon on the visit, and uh, it was. Oh, I forgot the guy name. Played in the NBA for a long time. We thought that us four, us us three, end up signing, but Derek McKee. Derek McKee, yeah. He was on the visit with me and Roger and uh, Laurent Crawford. Okay. okay. So we thought that at the end of the day. It was gonna be us four, mm-hmm. but we, the three of us, end up coming. And Laurent, you know, he had, he he wanted to come back home and get close close to home, so he left. He left within I think he left around November, right before season started. It was real okay. good, real good. Guy. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. was um, I'm thinking back. Was Derek McMillan? He's from Chicago, right? Yep, Derek McMillan's from Chicago. He That's, was there. He was, and he was at UCLA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And, and Big Mike Williams, he was there. He had transferred out, and you know they were trying to get him to stay. If he would have stayed, oh my God, we could we could have been right back rolling. Uh huh. Because he ended up went. He ended up going to Bradley, and they had a they had a they had a wonderful year that year. Uh huh. So uh, listen, you decided to go to the Bearcats, play for Coach Yates. Um, and just the tremendous Chicago pipeline going on with the Bearcats. A lot of it had to do with Tony Yates, you know, 
being an assistant at Illinois, kind of had that base there. Um, but your, like we talked about earlier, your style of play versus what Coach Yates. Coach Yates really, correct me if I'm wrong, but he really wanted more of a Big Ten style of play while he was at UC, kind of kind of dump it down. Would, would that be correct? You agree with that? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, at the ti- and at the time, you know, the game was right there at the changing point where everything was transitioning. Uh-huh. You know, they was a because I had broken to the starting lineup. I think it was like my sophomore year, and we went from scoring like sixty-five, seventy points a game to the next three games we was we was ninety-five and a hundred mm-hmm. because you know the guys we had we had a little meeting and um, everybody you know wanted to get out and run. Mm-hmm. And in the in the process, we was knocking off some real big teams. Mm-hmm. We was knocking on because the thing is, the game was suitable for us to get out in transition. Like Myron Hughes, if he got out in transition, he can. He was like a he was like a a a, a semi. He gonna get to that bucket and dunk <laughs> you. Yeah, for sure. And, and then you had Ken Henry, the same type of ball player. Joe Stiffen was definitely a transitional ball player. Calvin yep. Pfeiffer can fly. Mm-hmm. And and so it made it suitable for Roger McClendon, uh, Donnie Rule when he came in to shoot the ball. You know, those guys, it 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 changes the game. It changes the game. It changes your 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 the way you see it. I mean, because mm-hmm. now you're gonna you're gonna get out and run, and you're gonna play defense because the steals and all of that comes into play. You know, mm-hmm. so but Coach Yakes was a. He was a coach that was real firm about the X's and O's and the way he ran his system, and mm-hmm. that's that's okay. That's okay because you know coaching is man. You got to you got to have a system. Right, right. How tough was the transition, Ro, from going from being a two guard and a score pretty much all through high school to now being a point guard and having to run a different style? How tough was that transition for you? You know what? It really wasn't that tough to me because. At, when I was in high school, we had a guy by the name of Tracy Gildy, and he was an all city, all state guy. You know, he was he was he was he started for King four years as a freshman. He came in as a freshman and ran our program. Mm-hmm. So he was he was he was outstanding, and uh, it was he, he was just he was it just looked odd because he was like six one six feet. And mm-hmm. I was uh, over here. <laughs> you were, right. But it was, it was, it was not. I was still a point guard, you know. Mm. I was still a point guard, but I just had a, I just had a, a half decent shot, you mm-hmm. know. So it was just something I worked on all the time. I used to get up six in the morning. I'm out there, I'm out there working on my shot because my brother-in-law. I mean, my brother-in-law and my brother. They always say, "Hey, man, you can't get all the way to the hole all the time, bro. You got to stop and pop." Mm-hmm. So that there helped me be a little bit different from, you know, being a point guard and and well, in high school, being able to shoot helped me get on the court because mm-hmm. we had played Tim Hardaway. I'm gonna tell you the story. We had played Tim Hardaway now in the mm-hmm. in the in the in tournament. And I hadn't played the first quarter. I hadn't played the second quarter. 
because I wasn't a starter then. What 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 so, year were you? I was it was my junior year. Okay. It was my junior year. Now we had this big old two guard because Coach Cox he liked the size. So he's in the locker room and he talking, and I say, man, I don't know what's wrong with y'all. Y'all act like y'all scared. So he say he look over at me and say, you act. He say, well, you, well, the guys told Coach Cox. This is what they told him. They said, man, what is wrong with you not playing Romeo? These are older guys from around my house. Mm-hmm. And Coach Coach Cox say, I'm the coach. I play where I want. They said, well, if you don't play him, we don't know where you're going to be coaching at. <laughs> you sure ain't going to be coaching here. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so I went in the locker room. He said, y'all act like y'all scared. I said, they definitely act like they scared. He said, I ain't talking to you. I said, I ain't scared. Mm-hmm. I said, all right, hey, I ain't scared. Mm-hmm. So he said, well, I'm going to put you out there. I'm going to see what you can do with him because Tim Otto is doing whatever he want to do with us. Right. He's tough. Well, uh, well, unfortunately for him, he put me in the game. I ended up scoring 22 points in one half and winning the game at the free throw. Wow. Wow. And then, I, and then the next game, I had 35. The next game, I had 29. We wouldn't even have no threes then. Wow. And all of them was always good. Without the three point, I would have had about 100. <laughs> now, but, so, go so ahead. Just, I'm sorry. You, uh, Ro, you, you say that and you talk about, I mean, you, th- those numbers you put up. And I, and I ask a lot of the, the, the Bearcat players from, you know, Huggins era to Yates era uh, this question, but I'm, I'm going to phrase it a certain way with you. Um, the points you said you were scoring in high school, and, and you get to UC, and for your career you averaged three points a game. As far off mm-hmm. of what you know, the, the type of scoring you did um, in high school, um, you had a 52 you, through your four-year career, 52 and 63 record. Um, how tough was that? You know, the losing part. 63 games is a lot of games to lose. We know that. And did you want to transfer at any point? You know, it seemed like to me, we was right there all the time. But, you know, I'm going to go back to what you was talking about, the the change of the game. Uh If we could have played a different kind of tempo of game, it could have been reversed. Mm -hmm. You know, and I never, ever want to transfer because the thing is, you – you kind of want to, whatever you start, you want to finish. Right, right. And, I and, agree. And 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 the coaching staff that we had, they wasn't okay. You 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 deaf. You deaf for basketball. But I learned so much on you know maturing and 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 you know learning how to how to how to how to the friends that I made. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. If I had to go back to UC, I'd do it again. I, I do it again because yeah. I, I met some incredible, and when I tell you some incredible, unbelievable, all the all the all the guys who I played with, we talk right now. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you look at the X's and O's, but at the end of the day, yeah, they're important, but 
they just they that can be over with, and now look where we at. Yep. I would never be talking to you. Right, right, for sure, for sure. But you know, Ro, I I don't I think your perspective, and I agree with you, um, is different than some guys. Um, mm-hmm. Some guys can't handle only scoring three points a game, or can't handle losing games. Um, they're like, I'm I'm out. And there have been a lot of play. I mean, you know, you look at basketball now, Ro, and mm-hmm. I know you're very in tune with hoops now. You look at the transfer portal that they have in college basketball, and it is at almost 42-plus percent of kids in the transfer portal per year. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And with this you know, pandemic. Right. Mm-hmm. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, and with this pandemic going on, it's going to probably get worse. It's going to be at 50. Over 50% of kids are in the transfer portal. That's amazing. Well, and the thing about these kids now, all the kids that play play right now, that they, they whole body language and the whole attitude, their, their entitlement to the game, they, and, and, and they they hard to coach. You know that because mm-hmm. you're a coach. You know, yep. you have to get the right type of kids and, and – once you get them, they gonna they gonna stick with you. But get a couple of them that they feel like you're not treating them right. Oh, they up and running. Oh, they're to gone. the next school. To the next they're school. Gone. To the next yep. school. You know how it go. Yep. They don't so, want to work through it, adversity. No, and see that's what we were. We was we was loyal to the uh, to the uh, to the team. We was loyal to our coaches. You know, to the program, and we was trying to make it happen. Yep. It took. It took some years to make it happen, but when it started happening, oh, it was one of the best programs, and still is one of the best programs in the nation. No question. No question. And and you guys were a big part of setting that stage for that next level for the Bearcat program. You guys really were. Yeah, we were. We were. We were. No doubt about it. During your time at UC, um, Give me a game or two that you remember the most. Like what what's what sticks out to you or any any in game story? Mm. I'm sure there were a lot of them. I mean you guys had oh, yeah. great oh, yeah. games versus Louisville, Xavier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean I mean for me playing for me playing I, one uh I played Memphis State down in Memphis State, mm. and uh, I got the nod to start. What year was this? Was it uh, I for think, you? I think I think that was my junior year. Okay. My junior year. No, no, I'm gonna take you back one further. I think it was my sophomore year, because my junior year I was approached about am I happy yet? It could because I'm I'm kind of, I'm kind of, because what happened was I played so well with Memphis till it was the vice president of the university. He sent uh-huh. an article back to the Sun Times in Chicago, saying how hard I played and that it was just amazing to see a young man like me really enjoy the game like that. Mm-hmm. He sent a big old article and put it in sometimes in the sports part in Chicago. Mm. Now, who, who, was I, the guy? who was the guy that did I this? 
I don't. I, I think it was me. I'm gonna tell you something. Me personally, I never kept one article, or I never kept one stat. Mm-hmm. But it was an article that my mom and uh, my sister had. Mm-hmm. And it was, I guess he was like the vice president of the university or something. Of which university? Of Memphis. Of Memphis. Okay. He he sent the article back to Chicago. And then my next year, I played, and I had a hell of a game down there. And the players came to my room, and they was like, man, what you think about transferring? Mm. How, how, how would you feel to transfer? You, would, you, would you transfer? And I said, no. And Ross was right there. <laughs> Ross was right there. Uh-huh. Ross was like, can you cut this truck? I see you about transfer, Ross. I said, yeah. They just talked loud. They went to the lot. Then you came together, we're going to leave together. Mm. And that was me and his logo. Mm-hmm. Mm. But the Memphis game, uh, Miami, Ohio down there. Hey, Ro, great... hey, you guys had some great battles uh, with, with Memphis State back then. Some some really, really good battles. Did uh, you play against uh, uh, Vincent Askew? Uh, uh... Was it Askew? Vincent Askew. That was their yep. team. Vincent yep. Askew. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the team. Yep. And they, they, that, that one year they had Andre Turner. Mm-hmm. Elliot he, Perry. Yep. Yeah, yep, yep. They had some days. We, we, we used to have some, I mean, between Memphis and Louisville, you mm-hmm. can at Florida State or, and Virginia Tech. I mean, we can go on and on. Oh, yeah, the Virginia Tech, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I was when I got when I got chance to play, I was a guy kind of always get myself in a situation. So if I got in a situation, Coach Yates didn't hesitate to uh, sit me so far on the bench, stop being the stand. <laughs> <laughs> you and you and Coach Yates had some battles. Oh, we had some battles. We had some battles, but I used to tell him. I used to, I used to say, Coach. Man, I wouldn't care who you put me on. You could put me. I wonder. I remember that time he asked me. He said, "You think you can stick Daryl Curry?" I said, "I can stick anybody. Mm. Just put me on him. I don't care nothing about him scoring all. I'm gonna stick him, and I stuck him." That's that. That's that Chicago toughness right there. You gotta have it. You gotta mm-hmm. have it. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Um, who was? And you mentioned some names. Um, obviously, you just said Del Curry. He went to Virginia Tech. So, who during your career with the Bearcats, who was the best player you ever played against? Ooh. Played a lot against a lot of good ones. Yeah, that's that that that'd be hard because <laughs> you just, I mean, in one year in the, in our conference, you had. You had every team in our conference that was ranked except for us, and we was right at the border. Mm-hmm. I mean, all you had, you had five or six of the teams went to the NCAA, and we went to the NIT. Mm. So, I mean, it, every day you got to lace them up. Yep. I mean, every day you gotta lace them up, and so it'll be hard to say. But Daryl Curry sticks out in my in my mind because he was just such a 
the first death. Uh-huh. You know, he can, he can, it wasn't no, I tell you what, if, he, if they had threes when he was playing, oh, he would have definitely averaged about 45 points because mm-hmm. he never drove the ball. He shot, he shot, it wasn't a shot that he didn't like. Right. <laughs> yep. So it, it, that's that there being the best player because you had Purvis Elvis, as he was doing his thing any kind of way he wanted to. Yep, at Louisville. Yep. You had down Southern Miss, they, they, I mean, Southern Miss had some guys that was so low key, but a couple of them made the league. Uh, yeah, they did. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Randolph Keys. Randolph Keys. Randolph yep. Key. Yep. I mean, that, that one year you had, then you had Florida State. They had McLeod. Mm. You remember he ended up starting for in, Indiana Pacers. Yep. George yep. McLeod. Mm-hmm. So you you can't, you, you can say all of them was good to me. I mean, I mean, it was, it was, just, it was just so many of them. Yep. A lot of talent in the league. A lot of good teams back then. And you guys had, I mean, just during your career, I think you made a good point earlier, and I was talking about that record you had for your career of 52 and 63. You guys had a lot of close games you guys lost, and a lot of things could have went a different way. Easy. Easy. Right? I mean, we was right there. We was right there give and take, give and take a couple of transitional plays that we uh-huh. pulled back on. Uh-huh. I mean, that was you know sometimes yeah, that that be the that be the telltale of the, of the tape. Yep. You know, I mean, we coach, you a coach and I'm a coach. You know, and uh, when them players get out rolling, you you got to let them roll, and then when you see them not not roll, then you hold them up. But mm-hmm. I was always told you got to let the horses run. That's why they're in the race. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They ain't in the race to be walking. They, ain't gonna, right. they don't call it the Kentucky Derby for nothing. Them horses getting out running. So you got to let them run. Got to go. No question. And and you just said something. So you, you talked about coaching. Um, you eventually went back to coach at your alma mater at King, mm-hmm. at King High School. Yes, um, what, you, what years were you there? Was that, it was around 2010. We made a run uh, about four years. We was there for five years. I bag it up a few years back in 2010, back to, to say from six, seven, eight, nine, ten, about four or five years we was over at the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it, the, the school had turned over to a college prep. Okay. So it was, they was more concentrated on the academic part of it, of the, of the school system, and it, uh-huh. it, instead of versing the basketball. Mm-hmm. So me and a guy who who actually played there named Jerry Reynolds, mm-hmm. we came in and we we got a bunch of kids and we believed in them. They believed in us and. Wasn't as talented. Wasn't was it? We didn't have no near talent like we did. But and why is that? Because they had to. It was it was a, a selected enrollment. Gotcha. Okay. When they changed the so, format of the school, right? So you had to test in. So we had some smart, intelligent kids, but skill wise, they were 
it was behind. So you mm-hmm. really had to open up the gym seven days a week and, you know, and practice with them and practice with them. And, and believe me, we was, we was getting it done. We was knocking mm-hmm. off some teams that was running. Because, mm-hmm. you know, one thing about a, a kid or a ball player, once you tell them they can do it, they're going to do it. Because mm-hmm. you believe it. You, you the coach. You tell them they can do it. They, they say, Coach, tell me I can do it. I can do it. Right. They're going to go try to do it no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did to our kids. We we fed them a whole bag of uh, confidence when they came in the gym. We it was like they lunch. Mm-hmm. And they was they they was playing. What's uh what's King like now? Still, nice. se- still selective enrollment. It's hard to get uh, the kids in there that you need to win. I mean because you know. Kids want to go. A lot of kids want to go where the program is already up and running. Right. You know, these kids now they 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 don't want to start nothing new. Mm-mm. They want to go over there, and I get it. I understand that. But yep. you know, it's they it the the they it's hard for them over there. Mm-hmm. It's hard over it's hard over there. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna it's gonna be like that for a long time to come. Are you still involved? With the school much at all? Being at your um, alma mater, you played there, coached there. Mm, not as much as I was. Not as okay. much as I was. Not as much as I was. Gotcha. Because you know, when you when you coaching, you know how much time it is. That's that's a commitment. You have mm-hmm. to be there twenty four twenty four. Man, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. I know that. Um, like I said, when I saw you back in uh, 2014 um, here in Cincinnati, we we were talking a little bit about Chicago basketball, and, and one guy we were talking about in particular, and you were telling me, I think, a good story. We were talking about Anthony Davis, and um, Anthony Davis being a Chicago guy, and uh, I believe he told me, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he said he was he, he was a guard back in the day, and you worked with him a little bit. Well, no, what, what this was happening every year. There, there's a playoff, and you know, Andy Davidson, Andy Davis, his school used to have to come play over in our gym. Okay. So every year you watch this kid go from a six-five kid to a six-six kid mm-hmm. to a six-eight kid. And when I saw him play his junior year, I told some guys, I said, man, we, here's the next being Wilson, but better. Mm-hmm. And my guys, they laughed at me. Mm. I said, this kid, he, he's going to the lead right now. Mm. So what I did, I invited him over to see him play. Mm-hmm. His senior year, and every year he was giving them, he was giving us. He didn't have a, he didn't have no, he didn't have no help. He didn't have no help. That's cool. But when I tell you, everybody on 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 the King team was guarding him, plus the people in the stands. <laughs> and he would still give you forty two, forty, thirty eight. <laughs> I mean, but hey. I just called it like I seen it. Yeah. You know, he he was the real deal. 
yeah, he, he is the real deal. No question about that. Um, now, I, I don't know the answer to this question, but, um, you know, one of the legends out of Chicago is Barack Obama. Barack Obama loves the game of basketball. It's well documented that, you know, he would play a lot of pickup basketballs to stay in shape. Did you ever play hoops against Obama? Have you had, ever had time to spend time and talk with Barack Obama? Well, you know what? He, uh, I'm going to say this. Basketball, watched him play because he played on a, uh, uh, a team. With, the guy who I was talking about, Arnie Duncan, they had their own personal team. Okay. And, 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 and they had actually a real good team. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go a step further. We was doing political work. And, you know, at the time, there was an older lady. There was an older lady. And we was, like, passing out material, you know. he At the time, he was, a, I think he was a senator. Okay. And when he came in, the lady say, I want to introduce y'all to this man here who's going to be the next president of the United States of America. Mm. And he said, no, 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 no. And do you know that lady was right? Yep. Because everybody looked at him and they just walked away. Mm-hmm. And he was looking for some people to help walk with him. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the ones walked with him. I didn't, I didn't, didn't, didn't want to walk with him. But a guy that that I run across all the time, he said, "Man, me, it was just me, you and him. We was walking, we was freezing." Mm. And look at look at him now. Yep. Yep. Man, any picture? You got a picture of that? No, <laughs> because wow. at the time you you didn't know who he, he was gonna be. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, that that would have been a great picture to have, right? Oh man, you know. Yeah. Um. Now listen, Ro. At the end of the podcast, I always like to do something called quick questions, quick answers. All right. So I've got four questions for you, and uh, I want to hear your answers. You ready? Shoot. All right. Quick questions, quick answers with Romel Shorter. Okay. Number one. You've got a one-on-one match right now. Okay. 2020, you versus the guy we were just talking about, you versus Barack Obama one-on-one, playing a 10, who wins? Right now? Right now. Oh, oh me by far. <laughs> you play a 10, what's the score? I just make it close. Huh? I just make it close. Okay, okay. Now, now I, I heard Barack a hoop a little bit. He's got that little lefty jumper. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, but he, I, he hasn't seen any defense like Romel, right? I, I still got my game. <laughs> you still play a lot? Yeah, I, I still pick that rock up. Okay, nice, nice. All right, now I want to I want to take you back. All right, for my second question here, I want to go back to that 
um, between that 84, 88 time period when you played for the Bearcats. And I like to ask this question to the guys that played back in the day. Before games, okay, Romel, you're in the locker room, you're getting pumped up before a game. What pump-up music were you listening to back then? Oh, wow. <laughs> I was probably listening to LL Cool J. There we go. One of my favorites. Yeah, LL used to have some hits to get you, get you, get you, get your mind right. You ready to roll? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good answer right there. All right. Question number three. All right. Um, this is a two-part question. All right. Um, who do you think? And we're going to talk about from a size standpoint. Who do you think is the greatest short player? of all time. So somebody under, you know, 5'10", a short player. It can be at any level, college, pro. I'll go with Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy Bogues. Why is that? Because at 5'3", I just think that he did so much for the game and, and what he did when he played, you know. Mm-hmm. He was just he was just outstanding all the way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and played in the year and played in the league for what thirteen fourteen years. Wow, he played that long. Yeah, he played. He played a long time. He had a he had a hell of a run. Wow. So, so that and means he was getting. That means he was getting it. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I didn't realize he had the. Uh, he had played that long, but he man. played a while. He played a long time. He had a run. Um, I'm gonna ask the question again. If you were to play Muggsy one on one right now, who wins? <laughs> you know, I ain't gonna never not bet on myself. So I'm gonna have to go with Romel Shorter. <laughs> I love it. I that's just the confidence that's just the confidence in me. I ain't gonna I wouldn't care. You can put Godzilla on me right now. I'm I am I'm gonna knock him down. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, my fourth and final question here, okay? If you had to go to battle and you could take only one of your Bearcat teammates with you, so you pick one Bearcat teammate, going Roger to battle. McClendon. Roger McClendon. <laughs> I didn't even finish that. Roger McClendon, that's your guy, man. Yeah, hey, I mean, I mean, because he, he, Roger McClendon, he going to, he gonna he gonna go in and get the job done. I mean, it's a bunch of guys. It's a, it's some guys that 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 didn't get a chance to play like that. Donnie Rule, man. If he, Donnie Rule would ever got up off that bench, and this is a guy. With, I know you know him, Billy Southern. Billy Southern was a heck of a ball player too to walk on. You and him, y'all mm-hmm. are two different type of cats. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Y'all, y'all are two different kind, and I take my hat off to y'all because y'all did some a lot of guys couldn't do. Y'all walked on the, on a university team. Mm-hmm. Y'all could have y'all could have went somewhere and started. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Y'all was awesome. I appreciate that. And, and you, that. man, you you was you was a talent that that you know. Always, oh, you you love the game. You respected the game. That's why the game treated you well. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. And you, you know something funny. So back back when I used to come to those those Bearcat basketball camps with Tony Yates, 
um, they used to give out these certificates. So they would have like a, you know, it was like a eight by 10 or something like that uh, certificate that said like, you know, um, Alex Meacham came to Tony H basketball camp and I used to get all the players to, uh, to sign them. And um, I found two of the certificates, gosh, probably about this time last year, I found a box of old stuff, man. And your autograph is on there, man. I'm gonna I'm have to frame that now, bro. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what about the book? Oh, my book. Man, I need another one of them books, man. I got you, man. Hey, text me your address, and uh, it's in the mail today. Text me your hey, address. I, I'll be texting to you, man, because that book was the real deal, man. I said, whoa. They talk man. about that right now. I appreciate that. Oh, thank you so much, man. No, I appreciate that. And you know what's crazy is, so this is the 20th anniversary of the book. And really? Yes. And I'm in the process right now of doing the audio version of the book to uh, come out on Amazon in December. So right around Christmas time. So I'm matter of fact, I'm reco- I recorded last night and I record mm-hmm. tomorrow. Um, every twice a week, I'm I'm reading the book and uh, and making it an audio book for the 20th anniversary. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to send you a copy of that. Another one. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna text you. I'm gonna text you my address, man, so I can get that book, man. Cause I, 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 I hate to say it, but I think somebody swiped it from up under me. <laughs> That's all good. As long, hey, as long as somebody got it, got yeast out of it, read it, I'm all good with that. But I'll get you another one for sure. Okay. Um, now let me ask you this: Have you been back to a UC basketball game in a while? I haven't been back. I haven't been back for a while. I haven't been back for for a while. Uh, Donny Rule was trying to get some set up where we could get all the guys in and you know all our guys to play with us. But I haven't been back for a while. Man, plan on got, it. Plan on it. We gotta get you back. I I know this year is gonna be a little bit crazy with the pandemic. I don't even know if college basketball is gonna happen, but uh, when it does, uh, we gotta get you back. And um and I I've I've had got several com- conversations with uh, the new head coach, Coach Brandon, um, and he's he's all aboard uh, former players coming back, engaging them into the program. But guys like you, Raj, I know Myron Hughes is still around, Donnie, uh, Seth Glover, uh, mm-hmm. Joe Stiffen, you know, getting you guys all come and, and, and have you guys come to center court. Like, I, I, I think one of the things, like you see basketball is so popular in our city. And I always say this, I think we've got to do a better job of going back and honoring all those people that helped build the program. When they're at a the game, about, have them come to center court. Say, absolutely. you know, right. Absolutely. Don't you agree with that? I, that's, that's 100. Absolutely. I yep. agree. And I, I have Definitely. said that and coach Brandon totally agrees with me on that. And uh, I, I think the use, the, the university be aboard. Uh, doing that as well, so we gotta get you back, man. Gotta get you. Hey, back. I appreciate you, man. And when I come back, I'm gonna look you up. I'm gonna call you up, and we gonna get together. Cause I'm I'm always down there a little bit. I, I'm always running around down there, and either coming to see Donny Rule and Billy Southern, or coming up to see Roger McClendon. You gotta come hang out with us, man. Oh, you already know. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm Andre Tate, Tate, Andre Tate, Andre Tate come to town. Oh man, him gonna hang out all. Oh man, we gonna hang out for about three, four days straight. I said, man, I gotta go to sleep, man. <laughs> I just, I just saw Tate on uh, Saturday. I saw him at okay. an AU game. Yeah, he's he's doing well, man. He's he's such a good dude, man. Oh, that's my man there. That's my man. Uh, yeah, Dre's Dre's a great great guy. I talked to Lavertis um, about a week ago too as well. Okay. So I'm gonna, I'm get Vert on the podcast. I got I'm doing I got this all Chicago theme going, man. I'm gonna get Tate on there. Got you. Had Raj. Um, getting uh, Vert. So and get that okay. Chicago theme going. Yeah, for sure. So, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. Well, hey, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on, uh, telling your story. And like I said, I want to continue to give former players a platform. Uh, you were definitely, you know, as I said at camp. Uh, all the camp campers' favorite uh, coach, uh, definitely a fan favorite. People still remember you, um, but and it's cool, bro. That I think this new generation of Bearcat fans, it's important they know about Romel Shorter, Andre Absolutely, Tate. you know what I mean? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. I agree. Yep. So, well, um, I tell you what, what you doing? What you doing? You gonna make a way for us? Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Appreciate you. All right, my man. Well, hey, I want to I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, and definitely, we're gonna get together. And text me oh. your address so I can send that book out to you today. Okay, I got you, and I appreciate you. And thanks for the call, man. Thank you, man. I, and I'll be I'll be looking you up when I come in town. I'm gonna call you up. We're gonna have okay. lunch or something. Let's All go. right. I'm with you. I appreciate it. All right, be yes, safe. sir. Right, okay, thank you, sir. Bye bye. I want to thank everybody for listening to our special episode, our interview series of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And once again, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. Also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. On Snapchat, at BigMeach41. And soon to be on TikTok. I appreciate everybody listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats.